0: There's also what's called a belief system inheritance, where we inherit these subconscious beliefs from our ancestors and a cultural lineage, even for generations. They say seven generations back, right? Who knows, it could even be more than that. For instance, if there is this belief that I have high blood pressure or I'm going to have high blood pressure or a heart attack or a stroke or something, diabetes, whatever that may be, because it's in my family, it's going to get passed down to me and to the future descendants of this future generation. When in fact, it really is that subconscious belief in the reiteration of inheriting such diseases is what ends up getting passed down. Welcome to the Life is a Healing Journey podcast by yours truly. Anushka, with a C. This podcast explores how you can create a true healthy lifestyle and live your life to the fullest in the face of any circumstance by healing and balancing your mind, body, spirit. If you are someone that's been dealing with disharmony in any area of your life and you are committed to seeking harmony, This podcast is for you. Let's start healing. Today's podcast is focused on the body piece of mind, body, spirit. We've been told for years and years that genes determine our destiny and what diseases we develop in our life. Anytime you go to the doctor, one of the first questionnaires is to fill out the medical history of your family. I just did that this week, probably twice at this point. And it is calmly said that if your parents have had some type of disease or your grandparents and so forth, then you have to be careful so that you also don't get this disease yourself. I remember during my brain tumor healing journey, after receiving the diagnosis, I had heard about this whole genetic reports that you can get from 23andMe. And so I decided, well, let's just do the 23andMe DNA test, not just for the ancestry purposes to see where I I am from in the world, which turned out to be 98% Iranian, Persian. I thought I'd have maybe some European and things, there was a little bit here and there, but it was ninety-eight percent Iranian. Cool. Ah, uh, so I I definitely feel my roots there. Um, but also I wanted to get the actual DNA, the the part where it's all the genetics, like report of all the genetics, because they were people were talking about. Oh, you know, you can determine what things you can get or not get, all based off genetics. And so I received this report. Of course, it was so much data. And then shortly after, I started learning about this concept of epigenetics. And then that whole report just became a a moot point for me. I just stopped looking into it. And I started learning more about epigenetics. Apparently, it was first discovered or like talked about in early as 1800s. It was crazy. But it wasn't actually introduced as this term of epigenetics until 1942 by an embryologist named Conrad Waddington. I believe Waddington. No, Waddington. That sounds more right. And so it got this term of epigenetics in modern biology in 1942. That's quite a long time ago, honestly. Yeah, most people still really don't know much about it. And most people I talk to and ask, hey, have you heard of epigenetics? Usually they look at me like, no, what's that? And really what epigenetics is, it's the study of how your behaviors and environment can cause changes that affect the way that your genes work. And unlike genetic changes, epigenetics changes are reversible. So it's actually saying that we are able to, in a sense, be somewhat in control of our genes and not victims of our genes. Now, this doesn't mean it changes your DNA sequence, more so how they can change the way your body reads a DNA sequence. It is the study of stable changes in cell function that do not involve alterations to the actual DNA sequence. And so if you look at it with in terms of Greek prefix, so epi, right, being a Greek prefix, Epi means above or in addition to or on top of. And so when you look at that, it's above the traditional genetics, like epigenetics, above genetics, and which is genetic basis for inheritance, really, right? Now, I initially learned about this concept from, of course, the one and only Dr. Bruce Lipton, who you are going to hear me reference a lot because he's just, I'm a fan. What can I say? And according to Lipton, a minimum of one third of all medical intervention is a placebo effect. This is according to Bruce Lipton. And that really is the result of the positive thinking and not the drug itself. We all have heard of placebo effect. It's something that's used in modern science in terms of, for instance, like a sugar pill versus a actual pill. And then you notice that placebo effect based on that positive thinking What tends to happen is they end up healing because they believe that they're taking the pill for it, right? And so what he says is that a lot of what we actually end up healing from is the placebo effect, even with the drugs. And on the flip side of the placebo effect, it comes from negative thinking, which is called the nocebo effect, which is equally powerful in regard to affecting your biology as is the positive thinking but in the exact opposite direction which by the way prognoses are considered a nocebo effect because you can't predict the future and it creates this negative thought of this is how much time I have my life sentence right More on that on a later episode because I have lots of passion when it comes to talking about this placebo, nocebo, and would definitely want to focus on that in a whole episode. Now, Lipton explains that there is a great resistance from the pharmaceutical company against this idea of epigenetics because really, epigenetics requires a healing from the consciousness, the subconscious mind, right? So it's nothing external to us. It means that we can do it on our own. Now, you might need to work with someone because you don't know how. That's different than taking a pill, right? And so it's something that he says the drug companies can't sell for any price. So it's not something they want to really encourage in a sense or really acknowledge more than anything. And he continues to say that the influence of the pharmaceutical companies Is absolutely enormous, which we've seen as well. Now, of course, there's benefits there. We can definitely benefit from that in times of emergencies and urgent care. And it's also something to look at is not necessarily all the time. Can that be the most beneficial thing? And also, he continues to say that their refusal to accept epigenetics is the main reason that many people have not heard of it. It's not something that's really acknowledged and talked about. So, here I am sharing about epigenetics because I truly believe in the power of epigenetics and how we can change and shift ourselves with our subconscious mind. Lipton was actually on faculty of a university, the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine, and down the road he performed groundbreaking stem cell research at Stanford Medical School. So he actually was at medical school and at one point was a professor. And when he was doing his research on this cloning of stem cells, that's when he was teaching at medical school at the same time. He states that genetic determinism was favorable belief at the time and regulating not just our physical structure, but our emotions and our behaviors as well. Now, here's the thing. It's not necessarily always 100% determined by our genetics, right? We have learned through our school and everything that we're taught that it's always genetics. Now, things are shifting, thankfully, and epigenetics is becoming a lot more popular. Genes were known to be the controlling factor of all characteristics of our lives, meaning that genes can turn themselves on and off. So what he was actually teaching future doctors is that genes are controlling our lives, which would be related to their patients, us, right? And this still continues to be a current belief in the Western world, in the Western medicine world. And as far as we know, we did not pick the genes we were given. We, I mean, maybe on the soul level we did. Uh, But in general, we did not get to have this choice to say, I want this gene. I want brown hair and dark eyes and freckles and things, right? Now, as of now, because who knows what the possibilities are with science and technology in the future, maybe one day we're gonna say, hey, I wanna change my gene and have hazel eyes. Who knows? I mean, they are creating babies in labs at this point, if you haven't heard, right? So who knows? But at this point, We cannot make that change in terms of a characteristic. So if you don't like your characteristics, you can't change that gene, right? Like you can't all of a sudden say, hey, if I have contacts, I like magically want to change that to 2020 vision. Now, again, who knows what's going to happen in the future at this point, and this is the key. So this really leaves us with this unfortunate conclusion that we are victims of our heredity. Not just on a characteristic level, but behaviors and diseases and all else. Meaning that if there is cancer running in your family, well, then anticipate that their gene for cancer is going to affect you as well. And you're going to have cancer or cardiovascular disease or Alzheimer's or whatever there is that's a hereditary issue, which leaves us powerless in controlling our biology Because the genes control it by turning on and off. And we have no control over them, according to this. So it makes us victims. And from what I've read, this is actually the reason Bruce Lipton says he resigned as a professor of a medical school because he could no longer teach what he didn't believe. And he didn't want to teach about the epigenetics because it was frowned upon and almost taboo back then. It was something that wasn't well researched at the time. Of course, nowadays, a lot more around that. But back then, I mean, imagine in the 80s, right? This is when he was working on all these studies. That's like how old I am, (laughs) 81, right? Uh, It's the year I was born. So I think that's around the time he was working on all this. And really, genes don't determine who you are, but rather a blueprint that can be turned on based on your subconscious belief system. In other words, your belief activates your genetic makeup. So if you have a different set of beliefs, those genes never get activated. It is us turning them on or off. There's also what's called a belief system inheritance, where we inherit these subconscious beliefs from our ancestors and cultural lineage, even for generations. They say seven generations back, right? Who knows, it could even be more than that. For instance, if there is this belief that I have high blood pressure or I'm going to have high blood pressure or a heart attack or a stroke or something, diabetes, whatever that may be, because it's in my family, it's gonna get passed down to me and to the future descendants of this future generations. When in fact, it really is that subconscious belief in the reiteration of inheriting such diseases is what ends up getting passed down. Or it can actually, which is even more interesting here, it could actually be behavioral the behavioral way of being, such as for instance, not fully opening your heart and suppressing emotions that have created this pattern of closeness in a sense, and where that in return creates high blood pressure. And this high blood pressure Runs in the family, but it's not because it's high blood pressure. It's because of the way of being, the behaviors, the suppression, maybe the pride, whatever that may be that's causing the body to have high blood pressure, which is giving a signal and message to us to say, open your heart, be vulnerable, stop suppressing your emotions. And these are things that haven't fully been talked about. According to Louise Hayes, you can heal your life bug. They're actually, if you look up blood pressure and then you look up, there's high and then there's low. For high blood pressure, it says that there is long-standing emotional issues from the past that have not been resolved. And that is a subconscious belief behind blood pressure, high blood pressure, that is. Low blood pressure is something to do with having um, something around childhood and not having love around childhood. I I didn't look that one up, but I remember something around that. So when you look at these kinds of things, there's all kinds of different metaphysical anatomy types of books that can give you references as to what physical symptom you may have and what the subconscious belief is around it. And when you look at the subconscious belief around that, then you can actually see, oh, that subconscious belief is something that was passed on from my mother, my father, grandparents, whatever that looks like which creates the dis-ease within the body because it correlates with whatever that subconscious belief is. Now, of course, it's also the environment that we are raised in that can contribute to this. Because like I said, when you have these similar behaviors rooting from that same subconscious belief, then of course, something like that is gonna show up in terms of a physical symptom for you as well. So this new type of science is growing in popularity and it's amazing for this, what it promises in the scientific world to have us be able to really heal and change ourselves based on these new discoveries. It works to see the true potential of the human mind and really the cells in our body, which is amazing because we're only scratching the surface right now, barely scratching the surface because our subconscious mind is so powerful beyond what we know. Sub means below, right? So below the conscious mind. And as I've mentioned in previous episodes, neuroscience actually has done several studies that show the subconscious mind is running 95 to 99% of the time on autopilot. And the conscious mind is only one to 5%. We form these perceptions from our beliefs about the world, about others, ourselves, which then develop into certain behaviors. And when we develop these perceptions, we do so through our five physical senses and energetic senses. Energetic senses being intuition and whatnot, which will be a whole nother episode. But the physical senses include, as you are, Familiar with, right? Our vision, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. So when we have these different senses, or you may not have all of them, yet you still get your own sense of perceptions based on your senses. That's how you experience life. The subconscious mind is where your habits come from as well. So all the habits we have is just recorded into the subconscious mind. Well, we're on autopilot, right? Habit is autopilot. When you're driving from A to B at this point, if you've been driving for a while, then you're on autopilot. You don't actually have to think about it. Like when you first started driving, when you had to be very focused and conscious, right? Now you're subconsciously just driving. And this also, by the way, of course, subconscious mind, the One of the primary jobs of the, the subconscious mind is to monitor your body's involuntary functions, like the breathing that we've talked about, heart rate, digestion, all these things that we're not even aware of are happening within our body. We have to zero awareness. Imagine if you had to constantly be aware of everything that's happening internally, <laughs> then we probably would have no other life, right? The subconscious mind also thinks literally. And timelessly in the present moment. And this is why your thoughts can impact your emotions because they take you out of this present moment. You might be right here enjoying a cup of tea and watching the palm trees outside. Like I'm looking at my outside my window right now, talking with you all. And then if I were to just sit here and have a thought, and then that thought had some kind of experience from the past, for instance, Yesterday, having had some issues coming up in terms of thinking I was supposed to get this hyster- hysteroscopy surgery, and then come to find out they didn't communicate with me because they didn't didn't they forgot to say the word consultation, and I really thought I was getting surgery yesterday, and I completely changed all kinds of things around, and so after the fact for hours. I still, every time I thought about it, I still would get really angry as if it was in the present moment. That itself is the conscious mind triggering the subconscious mind, right? This is not the subconscious mind at work. This is just the conscious mind causing these emotions to impact you in this present moment because something gets triggered as if it's happening right now. Whereas our subconscious mind has these limiting beliefs that are constantly running in the background. And unless something happens to trigger us or we start having thoughts to trigger us, it doesn't necessarily have to be thoughts either. It could be something external to us. For me, this is my thing, right? So if someone that either in a way thinks that I am stupid or implies that I'm stupid or is doing whatever it is, if it's something around, I think that, you think i'm stupid when that comes up then immediately i get triggered now i've worked a lot on this by the way and i've become very aware of it and i recognize it and i'm able to jump out of it real quick it takes a lot of practice to do that and recognizing and awareness right it's always about awareness otherwise this operating system of ours the subconscious mind is going to continue to run on its own that's just what happens And a lot of times we don't even have awareness of it, which then causes our behaviors to be formed based on the subconscious mind on top of the genetics, right? Epigenetics. So subconscious mind, whatever's running becomes a belief, which is on top of the genetics. This is just how the body and body works. And of course, mind-body connection, right? We're talking about body today though. And that's part of our body the way that our genetics are. And I've read all kinds of studies that Bruce Lipton has done. This specifically, this one has led him to study cells in more depth. And it was a very fascinating study for me as well. It was just what really had me completely change the way I thought about genes and whatnot. And it was actually various cases of different families that had adopted children. And they all ended up Having the same disease as their parents and siblings, these adopted children, right? Even though they did not have the same blood or DNA, they still got the same disease, 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 right? And this to me was just mind blowing. I mean, just think about it. They don't share DNA, yet, multiple families with adopted children ended up experiencing the same type of physical symptom. That in itself tells you something. And it's when I completely became a believer that I am in control of my healing. That gives me the power to say, I get to heal my subconscious mind and beliefs and release suppressed emotions to be able to heal that which created whatever physical symptom that I had. And this is why now I guide, not glide, I guide my clients to watch the words as well when they talk about their families and what kind of... Symptoms and diseases and whatnot that they have had, and to just be aware that just because they've had it doesn't mean that you will too. It doesn't have to be that way. Of course, when I first started out working with clients, I did have a consultation with this young girl. She was in her late 20s, from what I remember. And being that I was also a beginner, I shared some of this information with her, which I know triggered her right it was actually her best friend that wanted her to meet with me and i could tell the girl herself was very resistant she had she had gotten stomach cancer and unfortunately they had to take out her stomach um and then it had it had moved to she, yeah it had metastasized to uh i want to say liver or colon cancer i honestly can't remember she It was years ago and she didn't end up working with me i just remember she was very resistant she got triggered even while we were just chatting and i was being open allowing her to just say what was there for her to say she did open up to me and she did actually express that both her grandma and mom had passed from stomach cancer uh i believe when she was a A baby or really young with her grandma, and then I think like nine, 10 years old with her mom, which is, of course, so devastating to hear. And so she straight said to me that I knew I was going to get stomach cancer. Like she was determined to get stomach cancer. And when I told her this whole everything here that I'm sharing with you about epigenetics and healing, I actually mentioned that it's possible to heal based on what we do with our lives and I remember she just she hung up on me I talked to her best friend afterwards and and she apparently just got really triggered and I felt horrible I felt so bad because I didn't realize that this is just something that I need to ease into having a conversation on especially with people that are dealing with this kind of diseases uh because they believe now this is what i realized later because later on i realized that they don't want to believe that it's possible to heal from something that a parent or grandparents a loved one had because then that means that whoever it is that passed from the same disease then they could have healed and it really it can trigger them to think then why wouldn't they why wouldn't they have healed and instead in a sense like in the background this is all very subconscious non-aware right and it, it it creates this then they abandoned me and they could have healed like how could that be so it's a lot easier to blame or be angry than to take this path that takes a much deeper much deeper healing work and a lot of people just it's it's tough I get it it's not easy doing this deep healing work the shadow work and really working through those subconscious beliefs and I always say, your life is worth it. My life was worth it. As much as I cried and screamed and who knows what things I went through, I would I did it for my life to still live and be here now, sharing all my experiences and what, what I've learned through this process and healing journey with you all. This was a part of the life is a healing journey, right? There was also this other study that was really fascinating. Um, that was done by neuroscientists with mice where they gave a group of mice lavender and then shocked them. Now, of course, I don't care for these animal studies, but it's just, you know, sometimes this is like what we learn from. And anyhow, I found this one interesting, so I wanted to share it. And so later they just, they did what they did after the fact is they just had these mice smell lavender, just the same group that were shocked, just have them smell the lavender without the shock. And they experienced the same body flight reaction as when they did get shocked. And what was even more mind blowing is that the children of those mice and even their children had the exact same reaction when just smelling the lavender. So just a shock, and then boom, that happens. And then look at how that program continued to go down in future generations. And this can be reprogrammed, at least in humans. I don't know how to do that in, with mice. <laughs> but with humans, we can reprogram our subconscious mind. Our, our subconscious mind begins programming from the moment that you're in your mother's womb in the third trimester until you're seven years young and like a sponge that subconscious mind is absorbing everything around you that entire time of course after seven not to say that things don't happen you still get programming of the subconscious mind with traumatic events and things like that of course and during those first seven years it is primary time for the subconscious mind to just be shaped Dr. Bruce Lipton's actually describes this case in his book, which is about an embryo, and it's the biology of belief. So a lot of these cases, by the way, are in the biology of belief, and they're just very fascinating because, again, he's a cellular biologist that has done extensive studies on all kinds of different uh, behavioral patterns and whatnot. Now, this study was specifically of an embryo that's growing in a violent environment inside a mother's womb, which causes, now this violent environment causes these signals to be sent for the genetic development of that fetus. And what happens is the school of the fetus begins to thicken. So it creates this thickening of the school to protect itself from any violence that may be coming its way, all based on what the mother is experiencing in the womb. And this is some of the studies that he describes where how much it impacts us, how our environment really impacts us and shapes us. Now, this is not about blaming your parents or what happened to you you with your parents or their parents even because, There's only so much we know. We're growing. Every generation continues to grow on a conscious level. And really, it's just is what it is. And besides, I truly believe our souls have chosen the path and the lives and our parents to grow and ascend to the next level. It really more so it's about recognizing that you can truly do something about your life. Independent of your childhood you can take your life and completely change it around. And even before you were even born, things could be happening. There's a reason why, sad as it is, sometimes you'll see babies that come out and have diseases at at a very young age. My holistic healer was one of them. And she describes that her mother tried to abort her several times, didn't want her. And she comes out of the womb with all kinds of diseases and literally was told she was gonna die by the time she was 18 until she took it into her own hands and started doing all kinds of holistic healing. And now she works with people like myself when I went through everything, um, as well as with my fertility journey. I've been working with her as well, right? So every person has some kind of path here. Had she not gone through all that and learned all the different modalities and knowledge and everything that you say, like she, she's heard of or done at some point, like had it not been for her own healing, she wouldn't be able to be that healer for other people, right? And so that's why it's really crucial to start looking at yourself and seeing what can I do? Because you are not a victim of your genes, And this new biology of epigenetics takes us from the belief that we are victims of our genes, that we are these biochemical machines, that life is out of our control into a completely different reality. A reality where our thoughts, beliefs, and mind control our genes, our behavior, and the life we experience, that it is in our hands, to make some changes in our lives, to heal from within, to create this life as a healing journey and healing, peeling and healing one layer at a time. This biology is based on current and modern science with of course, new perceptions added. And it's constantly evolving. It's it's always, I mean, science is always revolving. It's always evolving to the next level, and there's so much that we don't know, so much. To think that you know <laughs> is to be naive. The more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. And really what happens is it, this new epigenetics is, new, I say new because it's not, you know, it's what, not even a hundred years that it's been discussed, maybe 150, but it really takes us from victim to creator. We are very powerful in creating and unfolding the lives that we lead. Now, here's a ridiculous example. Imagine telling your boss, I'm not lazy. Don't call me lazy. I just want you to know it's because of my father. My father was lazy, so that's why I'm lazy. So what can you expect from me? My genes made me lazy. There's nothing I can do about it. Again, ridiculous example. And it's just something to have you see like how ridiculous it can be because unlike genetic changes epigenetics changes are reversible without changing your dna sequence of course and they can change how your body reads a dna sequence with epi meaning above as we said then your genes are actually not in control of you and your destiny you are you are in control This gives you control to create your reality and change what no longer serves or benefits you. This is huge, and it's why there are many that surpass their given prognoses and then are fully healed, like myself. And instead of looking at it as, well, what did you do? It's actually looked at as a miracle, which sure, I'll take it. Miracle, magical, all of it. And it's possible for so many more people by really taking on this way of thinking, this belief system. We all can have daily miracles. And again, as Einstein, another favorite, he said, you can either live your life as if nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle. It's your choice. What do you choose? And for the practice to integrate into your life. Awareness, awareness, awareness. I'm always gonna talk about awareness because awareness is 80% of changing your life and changing your patterns and behaviors. Begin noticing the times that you have said, I got XYZ from my mom. I got that from my dad. And really start looking into that and seeing is this something that can be changed if it's something you don't want, by the way? Of course, there's many things and I'm like, oh, I love that I got this from my mom or from my dad, right? And we're talking about things that you feel like you're stuck with, behaviors that you're stuck with. Any of that can be changed. It could also be I got or something is running in my family. I need to be careful because a lot of times i hear like heart disease runs in my family or cancer runs in my family right any of that it could be even things like uh to do with your digestive system any of it digestive system the colon for instance is holding on to your past so if that's something that runs in the family it might just be that your colon right is like an indicator of the past it might just be because people in your family have been holding on to their past. Who knows? There's a lot of things that can come about, right? And if you look at it that way, and if you did get something from your family, then you can ask yourself, is it something that was caused you to a behavioral way of being, like I said holding on to past, not letting go of the past, getting still emotional about past things. And if it is some kind of disease or Illness or disease, even something like I said, like a digestive system, then really you can look and see is it based off the environment that, again, the environment behavior that I was raised in? Some of these might be beneficial to look at more so deeper when working with someone else, whether it's myself or anyone that you can see that is familiar with this type of work, to really be able to dig deeper. Sometimes it's not easy seeing those blind spots. I know myself, I have to do that at times. So begin really determining where else you've become a victim of your genes. And as always, journal these practice areas somewhere that's easily accessible. For me, it's always Evernote because it's accessible on my phone and laptop and everywhere. Some people prefer notepads, whatever works for you, but keep it somewhere where you can easily have access to it otherwise the ego will easily shut it down and you'll forget because that's what the ego does and wants to protect you subscribe to not miss next week's episode focused on the spirit piece of mind body spirit thank you for listening to life is a healing journey podcast you are here to peel and heal one layer at a time to live your life to the fullest in the face of any circumstance while embracing a life filled with love, joy, and peace. If you are in disharmony in any area of your life and truly desire to be in harmony and committed to elevating your health and well being, I'm one click away. Find me at healingwithanushka.com. And remember, that's Anushka with a C. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Get your healing on. Until next time.